exhibits I planned to introduce into evidence, all of which had been pre-marked for identification to save time during the trial. Hey, Mike, Artie Tram called out as he stepped into the room. You see the game last night? Yankees were hitting like it was a home run derby. I only caught the last inning. Good thing they can hit, because the pitching staff is having a problem finding the plate this year. You got a crowd growing out there, Alex, Artie said, pointing in the direction of the door. Lucky you came up when you did. Need anything? I'm set, Artie. Thanks. She needs a killer, Mike said to Artie. A stone-cold murderer I can drag in here in handcuffs before she makes her closing argument in three weeks. So do Coop a favor and keep your eyes open for one. Artie laughed. I think you got a few possibilities in the peanut gallery. The long corridors at 100 Center Street were bookended with oversized courtrooms, and this case had been assigned to one. The Quillian matter had been high profile since the victim's body was found in her townhouse in the East 80s, half a block away from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and the supervising judge had known that the trial would draw spectators. Murder, money, and marital infidelity brought out the curious, who would fill the benches and choose sides, like fans rooting at a wrestling match. Too bad you couldn't hear the openings yesterday. They were both good, Artie said to Mike twisting the ends of his handlebar mustache as he walked to the judge's bench. Both, real good. Because Mike would testify as a witness, he was not allowed to be in the courtroom for any other parts of the trial. Scale of one to ten, how would you rate them? Trust me, Mike, she was a lot better than that columnist said in the Daily News this morning. I mean, it's not exactly like they're criticizing Alex. It's the facts that don't seem so strong. I'd give Alex a nine, but I'd give her case a three. And Howell? Ten. A perfect ten. He's so smooth. I tell you, Mike, I ever get the urge to kill somebody? Lem Howell's my mouthpiece. The door swung closed behind Artie Tram. I didn't mean to stir the pot, Coop. Artie's right, Mike. About our case? About Lem Howell, I said as I put Amanda Quillian's photograph back in the folder and replaced it on the cart. So you got up here early to avoid running the gauntlet into the courtroom? You brought all the exhibits with you? And I guess you've made your peace with Amanda. It was something I did at the beginning of every murder trial, just my own quiet way of getting ready to go into battle. Within the hour, every aspect of this woman's personal life would be exposed to the jury and to the public. The most intimate details of her daily affairs would be offered up for dissection, by me as well as by the defense. Most of them things she had talked about, if at all, only with people she trusted and loved. As soon as the doors were unlocked, the first two rows behind me would be crammed with reporters from the city's newspapers, television and radio stations, as well as stringers for the national media. The bench after that one was reserved for the victim's family, her elderly mother, two sisters, and several of her closest friends. The rest of the audience would be a mix of locals who braved the intense heat of the June day, some who were courthouse regulars who liked the show, no matter what the crime, and others because cameras aren't allowed in New York State trials, meaning no gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage of the case on court TV. And, of course, also attending would be the young legal aid lawyers and my colleagues from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, slipping in between their own calendar calls to study Lem Howell's style or lend me moral support. I knew my case cold. I knew its weaknesses and more of its strong points than the 12 jurors and four alternates would ever hear.
I didn't need this time to do any work. I had used the last half hour to think about Amanda Quillian. Mike was right. She had talked to me, over and over, through the various forms of evidence he and I had gathered in the months after her death. I looked at the morgue photograph to remind myself of how eloquently she had told her story, the horrific damage done to her strong, healthy body. I looked at it to remind me of the outrage I had felt when Mike Chapman had first called to ask me to meet him at the medical examiner's office to see his victim on that cool fall afternoon. I looked at it to remind me that I had been invested with the trust of those who had loved her to seek some kind of justice for the killer or killers of Amanda Quillian. Detective Michael Patrick Chapman, second grade, Manhattan North Homicide Squad, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God? The powerful voice of my adversary...